I'm Awood. Jesus has called us to help others take hold a new life with Him. He's given us the gifts to do it. I'm Coach Jake, and the Maywood Listen Podcast is all about equipping you to carry out that mission. Good morning, Bob. It's great to be out here sitting in the park with you. It is good being with you, Jake. Six feet away from you. Yeah, so we're <laughs> distanced, but hopefully the mic will pick up things okay. There's some lawn mowing and stuff going on in the background. There may be a train at some point, but uh, let me open us in prayer, and Let's then Bob's going to interview me. So, all righty. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful weather that you're giving us. I thank you for Maywood, and I thank you, Jesus, that you gave us this calling that we're going to read about today in Ephesians. And I pray you'd help us to grow in our understanding of it as we talk about it and listen to to it. Uh, and Jesus, I pray you'd help us to grow in our living it out as we go on from here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jake, the last uh, podcast that you and I did together, uh, I mentioned this Professor Findlay Edge, who was a friend of the pastor I served with in Louisiana. And he devoted his whole career as a professor and as a speaker worldwide, actually, wrote a lot of books, to trying to get the church to do what you're trying to get Maywood to do. And uh, he ran across some really hard obstacles because the church moves slowly people like to come give their money and let the professionals do the work while they sit back and as they say in the old south they sit and soak and uh, so you have a passion that may would fulfill uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and I don't know if you want to read that to us or comment about that but let's look at that and let you talk about it yeah so this passage the whole book of Ephesians really gets me excited and this passage is kind of this passage is kind of the heart of it uh, for me. And so, you know, starting Ephesians chapter 4, starting verse 7, and we'll read down to verse, the end of verse 13. Uh, Paul says, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Get to this idea that we've been gifted by Jesus. And it says, This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except for that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. We could potentially talk more about that here in a little bit if you want to, Bob. But basic idea there is Jesus came down for us. He came down to get us. And Jesus goes higher than anybody else. Jesus is the biggest, the best. He's over everything. Then verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the role of a leader, according to verse 11 and 12, is to equip people at church. And then when everybody in the church is using their gifts in service, we can be built towards unity, be built to become mature, and eventually what we're shooting for is to be Jesus' fullness together. Right. So that there's a lot packed into that little passage. Right. A few years ago, Jake, I did a, in fact, several years ago, I did a big study of the book of Romans. And Romans has all of this theology in it. I mean, it is just jam-packed with theology. And, I, and I, as I read through a couple of really good books on it, one of the authors said, why did Paul write Romans? He wrote Romans to have a unified church to carry the gospel 
to Spain. He wanted to start a new campaign in Spain, and he needed both Jews and Gentiles unified together. They were not unified, so they would carry the gospel. And so we build up the body of Christ in order for God to use us to make a difference in Baywood Baptist Church and Western Independence, maybe beyond. So why don't you tell us what is the what is the biggest thing out of those verses that impresses you? When you read that, what is yeah. the thing that really grabs you the most? So the thing that grabs me the most is this idea that every only when we're together as a whole group and every single person is using their gift that's the only time that we really look like Jesus. That's the only pathway to really be the fullness of Jesus is that you got to have a team of people working together with their gifts. It's not a superstar. It's not one great professional person. It's a whole team and that we need each other together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If people listening to this have not watched last Saturday night's worship service and sermon, go there because there were testimonies given by people who highlighted us working together uh, people who got free people who helped other people get free people who were involved in ministry they were only able to do that because of other people working in their lives together that's a that's a huge point uh, what is what does it mean when it says he descended what do you what do you right. think of? So when I first my brother's also a pastor, and when I first showed him our vision passage that made what he said, you pick this one? Because there's <laughs> so much debate theologically and at seminaries and stuff about what does all this mean. But my take on what does that he descended mean is that Jesus was in heaven. Jesus is around uh, you know, where God has his way with everybody, you know. Right. So there's all this good stuff in heaven, uh, all this joy and truth and love. And he descends out of all of that to come down into the muck and mire and mess of the earth right. and to pull us up to where he wants us to be. Yes, and sir. so this idea that Jesus came down for us. Right. And so that's what, what I would highlight with that descended idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of my spiritual heroes spent from 1910 to 1920 in prison. And in the middle of that prison sentence, he met the Lord in a, such a profound way that uh, it, I mean, he, he had began writing articles for Atlantic Magazine from prison and they were being published. Uh, he became friends with some of the best known preachers in the area while he was still in prison. And there was a, just a really, really tough inmate who hated him and he tried to goad him. So he pulled out a passage like this and he says, what does it mean that he descended? And the guy said, he came for us. He met me in my cell and he changed me. If you look at the crowd at Maywood, he came for us. Now, that includes me, that includes you, but it also includes the guy that thinks there's, or includes the guy that thinks, or the lady that thinks there's no hope for me. Yeah. He came, he descended to reach into us and pull us out. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank God for that. Amen. So what role do we have to play? What role do all the different people who have gifts, what is our role to play in all of this? So the very first step is to believe that first verse that Jesus has given you a gift by grace. That if you don't, whatever you think of yourself or your past, if you've accepted Jesus, Jesus has given you something that he hasn't given to Bob, that he hasn't given to me. Right. And you have to believe that. You have to believe that Jesus has put something in you that's worth sharing with other people. Right. And if you believe that piece, then the next step is to say to Jesus, how do I use it? 
and Maywood is all, all of our leaders. We're always trying to push them to be equippers. So typically, you can go find somebody at Maywood that wants to help you use that gift, figure that gift out. So that would be a first step. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Saturday night, and I've already talked to you about yeah. this, but I'm going to talk to you about it again. Yeah. Saturday night, I was blown away by Mark Baker's testimony. Yeah. And Mark is friends with a guy in a homeless camp, gave the guy a Bible. And then the guy in the homeless camp came out of his tent and started preaching to the other folks who were in the camp. Mm -hmm. Jake, you and I could never do that. Right. Uh, in fact, people would look at us and think, uh-oh, you know, the law enforcement's arrived. Yeah. You know, But they look at Mark and say, he's one of us. Yeah. He can relate to us. So he has a gift that you and I don't have, and he's right. able to exercise it. And that's true for lots of others. Uh, thank God for that. So what else did, out of that passage just really grabs you? So I love the simplicity of the passage when it describes these leaders. It says there's different types of leaders that God gives to a church, but he doesn't have a long list of what they're supposed to accomplish. And as Pastor Maywood, we get this idea of calling the pastor's coaches from that verse about what a pastor is. A pastor is an equipper. And so I, when I read this verse, I think about that challenge to myself. As the leader of Maywood, am I doing what Jesus has asked me to do, which is to be an equipper of other people. And so if I write a great sermon or I go do some spectacular thing on my own, that doesn't necessarily mean I've done what Jesus asked me to do as the leader of Maywood. It's when I see a Mark Baker for the light bulb to come on for him or for for him to be out there using what God's given him, that's, that's my best moment as a leader at Maywood is when I see other people taking hold of what Jesus has for them showing it to other people and the great thing about Maywood is there's a lot of folks willing to engage a lot of folks willing to get started right. and Maywood's full of diamonds in the rough these folks who if given a little bit of attention a little bit of time with Jesus they can do amazing things God's gifted them in so many different ways and I don't just mean diamonds in the rough of uh, you know somebody that has got a couple years of sobriety or a couple months of sobriety I, even folks who've been Christians their whole lives, so Maywood's just full of a lot of folks who, with a little bit of polish, they suddenly shine in these amazing ways for Jesus. Right. So you talked about long-term people for a second. Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So you, you've invited some people who, who feel that with the coronavirus it would not be healthy for them to be in a service. And you've asked them to pray for the Saturday services. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so one of the things I'm always, when I'm talking to people, it's always in my mind about how does God want to use this person? How right. can I help them be used? And so I was talking to one of our leaders at Maywood, and uh, with everything going on, they're in this dynamic of they couldn't really be present physically on Saturday nights, but they had this amazing heart for what's going on at Maywood. And so I knew there's several folks in that same boat and for whatever reason, I was also thinking about this idea, this story about Charles Spurgeon. He used to have a group of people praying during his services, or their church services, for the service. And so I asked, I approached this gentleman at Maywood and said, would you get a team of people together to be praying during our services? So they started that this last week. It was a group of five or six people. And uh, I felt a spiritual difference at church on Saturday night. Right. Uh, different than I felt all summer long and it was powerful and I I attribute a piece of that to the fact that these folks were praying 
uh, in a unified way during the service for what was going on. So uh, it's just one example. There's all sorts of ways that people can use their gifts, um, and they start to work together. And that's right. what that Ephesians passage talks about. When, when we're using their gifts, they start to flow together. Right, know? right. I've had people particularly who are, we, we call them homebound or almost homebound, mm -hmm. and they're, they're no longer able to fulfill the job that they used to have in the church. And I've had them say to me, well, I'm just, I just don't have anything to do anymore. And I always say to them, but you can pray. Your prayers are so important. And I actually think some of the people that I have said that to are part of that prayer team. And God is using them, and they know how to pray. Yeah. And so thank God for that. that that's huge. Uh, so let's talk about the, the idea of being a coach, because I love that concept. Uh, you know, Andy Reid is a really good coach, maybe one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. He's not the superstar of the Chiefs. Superstar is yeah, Patrick Mahomes, at least, among others. Of <laughs> among others. Yeah. And so for, for Andy Reid to say, I've got to be the superstar as well as the coach, is crazy. I so appreciate the fact, Jake, that you understand that and that you're called coach. And I hear people say, well, I have to have a pastor. Well, I said, I understand that they, they think coach is the wrong term. But the concept of explore that a little bit more. How do yeah. you coach? So with, with coaching, the idea, so the idea with coaching that I like about a coach, kind of what you're getting out of Reed, is that a coach does their best when their group or their team does the best. Right. And that's how you measure a good coach. It's not if they give the best speech or if they perform the best or look the best. It's what are the people they're around? What are they able to do as a team, as a unit? Right. And at Maywood, we're not going to get very far if I'm the bottleneck. If Jake Taylor's the bottleneck of what Jesus can do through Maywood, Absolutely. I have a really limited gift set compared to Jesus. And for Jesus, Jesus is what independence needs. And for Jesus to come through Maywood, it's going to have to come through a lot more than just Jake Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm always on the lookout as a coach about how do I help people find the right spot? How do I encourage them? How do I give them some tips and they can go even further? How do I put them in the right dynamics with other people? Um, that's where my passion and joy really is at. And so everything we're doing, it's about gearing people towards that and right. putting my best towards developing other people and so we try a lot of stuff at Maywood that I've not seen at other churches with regards to development we try to to grow our own leaders and not have any limit on how far they can go um, and that's all coming out of this Ephesians passage of, right that's what we're trying to do yeah. I love it so even when it comes to our worship team mm -hmm. tell me what is Daniel involved? Right. What sort of people are on, on that team, and how do right. they get involved? So Daniel's a good example, and, and the worship team is a good example of uh, I, what I would call like a gifts-based development. So rather than saying, oh, we need a drummer, there's a hole for a drummer. Let's find a drummer, and then we fill that hole, we'll move on to our next hole. Daniel's approach is I want to bring whoever wants to come, I want to teach them about worship. And then when, as they're worshiping, I want to equip whatever gifts they have. So if they've got a knack for sound, then he tries to equip them in that. If they love guitar, he tries to equip them in that. Uh, and if they have a gift for worship, then he tries to equip them in that. Daniel's goal is to get off of the stage. Daniel doesn't want to be the best worship leader ever uh, and have a concert of people listening to him. Daniel's goal is to raise up other leaders who would 
then he would be off the stage coaching them on how to do even better and and that even at some point these leaders might go on and be at other places or things like that um so what that looks like practically is daniel's time with with folks on thursday nights i believe they meet for a couple hours about an hour of that is worship and prayer it's really about let's let's grow as worshipers so we can lead other people there's actually less time given to let's just make sure we have everything ready for for sunday or saturday uh because daniel's trying to develop whatever gifts are there so sometimes we have multiple people with the same instrument um sometimes they design the team around a lack of instruments but they're trying to get somebody exposure or something like that so it's driven uh obviously they always want to honor god and they want to lead folks into real worship but it's in a lot of ways it's tailored to the gifts that are there not trying to just recreate something and fill holes right so if somebody really wants a real up close and personal contact with god Thursday nights is a good night to come. Thursday nights is a great night to come, and they actually just expanded, and now they're meeting at 5 and just doing some prayer, open prayer time before they even start. So what's the time for that? So I believe the regular meeting, Daniel might have to correct me, I think the regular meeting starts at 6.30, um, but then prayer starts at 5. On so you could, start, you, could, you could show up anywhere between 5 and 6.30, mm-hmm. and there'd be somebody there to have the building open, and you could come in and pray. And I think they're actually praying outside, but right. if, it, if the weather's yeah. bad, then they come inside. Gotcha. And, uh, and is that in the courtyard of the church? It's out in the courtyard, and then the actual worship team meeting starts at 6.30, and they go till 8. Right. And even if you don't have any instrument ability or any singing ability, you can be a part of that, especially the first hour or so of the meeting. Um, it's really more about just engaging with God, and they do some Bible study and some lessons and things like that as well. Right. So um, that's just one pathway. Uh, but you could be there and not necessarily know even what your gift is, but just be a part of the team and then figure it out as you're there. So you don't have to come saying, this is what I know I'm good at and I'm already ready to go. You can show up as you are with just a, I want to be a part of this team, and I'm available. And Daniel will help you on figuring out what's your gift and how can you use it. Right. And that's really what we want to do in each area of the right. church, is have a real easy pathway to get involved, uh, but then some help along the way of figuring out what is your gift and how can you use it. Right. So I just I want to underscore how important this is. I mean, you are fulfilling a vision, and uh, this is this is a little bit uh, going against the stream of what church looks like in America today. Uh, and so, if you turn on your TV channel this week and you look at church, it's not going to look like uh, Nick Viglaturo's daughter playing the drum. Right, right. It's not going to look like uh, you know Stanley sitting in the stool singing along by the way Stanley sings pretty good he does yeah but it's not gonna look like that right and so there's there's this open door for people to be a part and it's and, and you have you have opened the door in a very courageous way to say Maywood is going to fulfill this passage it is going to be different we're not going to look like the cookie cutter church that, uh, that at least I imagine I, right. I I don't go to many churches. I go to Maywood. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I, my, most of my other church viewing is, is television or right. YouTube. But 
but I, I want to affirm that. I think that is so important. Now, can I keep talking for yeah, a second sure. longer? Uh, there's a model that's been used a whole lot about the church. And let's take the chiefs again. So you've got the people in the, in the stands who are watching. They paid their money to come, and they're cheering. And then you've got the coaches, and then you have the players. And I've heard for years what we've got to do is get the people out of the stands onto the playing field. Okay, And so if we think about Western independence, we've got to get the people out of the stands onto the playing field. And the job of the coaches, you, Jake, and other leaders, the job of the coaches is to coach those people and help them see their gifts and to deploy them so we can make a difference in the community. And uh, I just I affirm that, but we got a ways to go, don't we? We got a long ways to go. And it's uh, you know, both of these vision passages, the one we talked about last week, the Great Commission, and this one, they work together. And right. this one really powers that purpose of the Great Commission is all about new life in Jesus and following Jesus. And that's what we want for independence. We want people to have new life in Jesus. And this passage is kind of how we get there. But there's a long way to go. A lot of people come to Maywood and even serve at Maywood uh, in a lot of sacrificial ways. But they still maybe they don't, they don't have a, a, a joy of saying, I feel like God's flowing through me. Or like Jesus is showing himself through me through a gift that he's given me you know right. so we still have a ways to grow there uh, and there's there's bumpy paths along the way and things like that too but one of the things that excites me about Maywood is I see growth in this area I see areas of the church where people are taking hold of their gifts are using them in new and creative ways or even in ways that have been done in the past but they're they're being filled with God as they're doing them right. and the whole coronavirus season, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of uncomfortableness with it. But I see a lot of opportunities for us to grow in, Jesus, how do we be faithful to you? And a lot of what we used to do has had to change. But it's given us this opportunity to say, what do we want to look like as we take steps forward? How do we hold on to what's most important? How do we stay faithful to Jesus? And I see a lot of people engaging with that. Right, yeah. right. So if you had something just to say to people who are listening to this, this is the thing you could do this week to get started, what would you say to them? So this very week, what I'd like you to start with is start with a prayer where you read that passage, just read Ephesians 4, 7 through 13, but you pray, Jesus, I believe this. I believe you've given me a gift, and I believe that you will give Maywood the right leaders to help me use my gift. So you just you give that to Jesus. I'm giving you my faith. Right. And then come to myself or to Coach Bob or Coach Justin, Coach Daniel, Coach Wayne or even a small group leader or, or teacher at Maywood. Come to anybody that you're drawn to after you pray that prayer and say, I want to plug in. I want to use my gift at Maywood. Right. And even if you've been a Christian for two weeks or even if you've been a Christian for 80 years, that leader at Maywood is going to say, yeah, I want to plug you in too. And they'll yes, work sir. with you. We're not perfect people, uh, but but that's what we're all striving to do. And so if you will come to Jesus this week and say, I believe you've given me a gift. I believe you've given Maywood the leaders to equip me. And then just go to a leader and say, show me what to do next. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Why don't we pray about this? What do you say? Let's do it. Bob, will you? I'll yes. do it. Lord, I just thank you for Jake, and I thank you for his leadership, and I thank you. Holy Spirit, you gave us this vision. This was not something we thought of. It was something you wrote in the Word, 
You illuminated it to us. We see it. And I pray that you'll help us to respond to it completely. Bless, I pray, Jake and his leadership and the other leaders. Bless them. Lord, we ask that you use Maywood Baptist Church to fulfill everything you desire for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Bob, for meeting. Amen. Yeah. Nice, been, been nice, nice day in the park. It is.